Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. And this podcast is the home at class you wish you'd been offered. We're two moms aspiring to create gracious homes that are welcoming and functional, all while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. You're listening to The Home Hour, part of the Life Listen Network. Happy New Year, everyone. We're embracing 2018 with a deep dive into all areas we want to do better. And we're starting with our pocketbooks. On today's episode, we're restarting the spending game clock and getting thrifty with America's cheapest family, Steve and Annette Economides. Plus, turning budgeting into a game, paying for date nights with spare couch change, and hosting a royal affair for less than $10. Welcome home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. And welcome everyone to the home hour and welcome to 2018. Woohoo! Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Graham. And happy New Year to all of our listeners. We are really excited about January. I I love this time of year. I love the idea of a new start. I love the idea of a fresh start. Uh, I don't, I'm awful at resolutions, but I always set them. Do you set them? Yeah, I do. I have New Year's resolutions every year. I really do. Um, I feel like sometimes though my year always like you really have to cleanse and kind of slough off just all the debauchery that you seem to end the year with. And so hopefully for our listeners, you're really going to enjoy these next few weeks because today we're going budgeting. We're doing a massive, we have great guests. We have Stephen and Annette Economides. They are known as America's cheapest family and they're, they've written best-selling books, but also if your family budgeting or finances are kind of off the choo-choo tracks, this episode will hundred percent get you right back on and where you need to be. Okay. Can I tell you, as you're, as you're saying this, and you're talking about resolutions and the detox that's needed, you know what I think would be much better than a January 1st resolution? Like, what are we thinking? You start resolutions the day after New Year's Eve, which is like this big party night. Wouldn't it be great if January was just like your month to clean up Christmas, to set the goals, and you had a whole month to like get everything in order, and then February 1st was when you started. Right, like put the decorations away and then get started. It does feel a little bit overwhelming when it's like you've got to break down Christmas or the holidays and then go get on the treadmill or like, I don't know, like stop spending money. I mean, today I was at Whole Foods this morning buying something, which I don't even go there that often, and I swear like smoke started coming out of my credit card. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So here's that's okay. I'm officially changing this. Here's how we're going to do this. This month, we are going to focus on the resolutions we're going to start next month. And we are going to help you do that at the home hour because we've got some great guests. We've got some great topics and they're all very practical and applicable. And hopefully we're giving you some really useful tips, you know, basically just to get us thinking about all these different areas where we want to improve. But yeah, I'm saying we don't start all these till February. February is supposed month, to be our month, month of love. Our I have a I have a sex expert coming on in February, Kirsten. Well, I know, no, no, we can still talk about all these other things, but I'm saying January we'll bring in these great experts. We'll all talk about these ideas. We'll feel inspired, and we'll get our game plan, and then we start February first. Yeah, so we're calling this no pressure January. Oh, I love it. Can we can we patent that? I love no pressure January. Yes. Oh man, the planning just keep coming. Planning 
for January. What is yeah, it? Yeah, and also, so what to expect for the listeners. We have a really amazing beauty expert coming on. She's not only gorgeous on the inside, but she's actually stunningly beautiful on the outside. And she knows everything, makeup and glamour and whatever. Um, and then we're going to talk detox. So by the end of January, if you listen to the home hour, you are going to feel like a new woman. Well, you'll feel ready to become a new woman starting February 1st. That's what we're saying now, Graham. But also, I want to talk about our show a little bit. Our show started last year in the spring of 2017, mm-hmm. and um, we've had so much fun, and we've loved getting to know our listeners a little bit. We've gotten some really fun emails. We've gotten some great you know, messages on Facebook and Instagram, and we've gotten to reach out to a lot of people and get to know our listeners, but we don't feel like we know you well enough, and we want to really provide a show here that is useful, that is applicable to where you are in life. And um, that is really serving you as well as we can. So we have a little survey and we would be so grateful if you would take the time to um, go and fill it out. I promise it will not take very long. We've tried to make the questions fun and lighthearted to keep it interesting. But the survey will be on our Instagram page at The Home Hour, on our Facebook page, also at The Home Hour, and then on our website, thehomehour.com. And um, those links are going to be everywhere So if you um, have enjoyed the show, if there's been episodes you liked or didn't like or any sort of feedback, we just want to know more about you so we can create a better show that that, um, is more enjoyable and useful for you. So again, www.thehomehour.com. Please go check out the survey. We would be so grateful. All right. Without further ado, let's welcome Stephen and Annette Economides. We are here right now with officially America's cheapest family. We are so excited to get to talk to Steve and Annette Economides. Welcome to the Home Hour. Well, hi. It's great to be here. It's wonderful. Okay, Welcome. let's start off with the question everyone listening is is wondering. Is Economides your real name? Yes, it is. It is Greek. Because Steve is Greek. And it means son of a steward. And a steward is somebody that manages money. You know, Graham has brought up in a previous podcast that if your name sounds like an a, like a um, profession, you become that. Like if your name is Bernie, you're more than likely to be an attorney. And I think there may have been something <laughs> no, going from, on here. There's a scholarly article on this. It's true. So, I mean, you really had no choice. You were meant to be America's cheapest family. or <laughs> It is kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> or America's best steward, if, we'll, if we want to be uh, yeah. more elegant. Um, okay, well, we're excited to be talking about budgeting with you today. Um, you know, as we've mentioned, this is part of our new year, kind of starting things off right. There's nothing better than starting with the talk we don't want to have, budget. So let's talk about it. What, what, do, you, what, what do most people think the word budget even means? Well, uh, the, the, oh, boy, budget is such a loaded word. It's kind of like define love. Because, yeah. because think about it this way. If you were raised in a family where money was tight, and you asked your parents for something, and they said, nope, we can't do that because we're on a budget. That, that builds a whole framework of thinking in your head that, oh, man, well, budget means I can't have what I want. Or, mm-hmm. or if you're married and, and your, your money is tight and you're trying to reach some goals, and you say, I've got to stick to my budget, then budget means restriction. You know? mm-hmm. Or, or if, you, um, if you don't really have a written budget, but you're trying to make an excuse for why you can't do something, you, know, you say, well, I've got a budget in my head and, and this just isn't in it. So what we're trying to do is when we talk about a budget, we talk about it in terms of this is a verb. It's an action word. And for us, budget means freedom. It means reaching financial goals. And for most people, I would say probably about 30% of people have a written budget, but only 10% of them 
refer to that budget every month. You know, they may write the budget at the beginning of the year and then just forget about it. We also say that budget is a tool. It's a neutral item. Mm -hmm. So basically, it, it doesn't it doesn't have to wreak havoc on your life. It, it doesn't have to be anything. It's just merely a tool to help you reach the goals that you want to reach. So there is no one size fits all budget. There's no way I could hand you a budget and say, this is how you should live. Every single person's budget will be different. But why we're we're passionate about budgets because because of this. We want to help American households be profitable. And one thing is true with every business that's successful is that they have someone or a department that's designated to manage the money. The, the accounting department, you know, the, the, they have CFOs. They watch the money and manage it so that the business can turn a profit. They can have money for R&D. They can make more products. They can stay around forever. Well, how many homes operate on the same way? You know, it, it just doesn't happen. And that's what we're here to encourage people to do. A budget system is, is a tool to help you stay on track and turn a profit. And our budget system, what we've used since we were married 35 years ago, <clears throat> um, is, is, is basically one checking account. We try and keep it as simple as possible. And, and we divide it up into little subcategories. We have about 20 categories in it. And it, it just helps us know what we have to spend. So we know what we have to spend if we want to go out on a date. We know what we have to spend if we want to go on vacation. The money is there already before we go to spend. Okay, but Stephen and Annette, set us up for two seconds because really, I mean, you're not just amazing financial managers or it's not like you're dealing with this. I mean, you are America's cheapest family. Can you at least paint the picture for our audience as to how frugal and how tight you, I mean, I think that will help people understand exactly why we should be listening to the economy. Okay, but but see, it's it may not be exactly the way people think it is. I'm sure we are really literally not the cheapest family in America because in, in, our, in our game book, time is just as important as money. So you've got to balance the two. You've got to figure out when you look at something, is my time more valuable here? You also need to look at quality. So we have very nice things. I mean, I've had... We've had reporters come to our house and, you know, the people at the office are like, well, are they normal? And the guy's <laughs> like, they are surprisingly normal. We have everything everybody else has. We just get it in a different way. We, we live in a neighborhood uh, across the street from us is an endodontist. Uh, next door to us is a guy who's building retired he's, building contractor, general contractor. Next door is a gal who's an accountant. Uh, we have doctors in our neighborhood. The houses in our neighborhood Lawyers. are somewhere between 750 and a hundred uh, million dollars. And we, then we, we got America's of, cheapest family living here. So yeah. we kind of try to keep that quiet. <laughs> but, no, but not here, a bad thing at all. But I just, I think for people who aren't familiar, I mean, obviously we've read both of your books. I mean, we're well-versed in who you are, but you were able to raise five children on what I think it was something, thir I mean, I know your children are out of the house now, but on 30 odd thousand dollars a year. I mean, so a lot of people do that, but they're doing it. They're doing it well. They're doing it without it, without a, a financial stress and they're doing it without debt. And we'll talk okay, about so this. We'll talk about this in a little bit, <clears throat> but we did it without debt. Right. And that is one of the bottom line foundational principles of our life is we agreed when we were first married that we wouldn't borrow. And that has set us on a path where we've been able to keep our overhead low and get as many things as we want, whatever we want. Right. We just find a way to get the good quality stuff for a really good price. But I get what you gals are saying at this point. Like, you know, our tagline 
for our first book, which is a New York Times bestseller, basically said, you know, we pay cash for cars. Um, we take debt-free vacations. Our kids have paid for college with no loans. We pay less, you know, when our kids are all living at home, we paid less than $350 a month for groceries. For seven of us. For seven <clears throat> of us. So, uh, you know, it you've done You've done done the seemingly amazing. I mean, truthfully. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm not trying to interrupt you, Annette, but like, I'm sitting here trying to think about how we budget in our family. And I'm actually feeling a little embarrassed to be talking to you because mm-hmm. basically what I do is we pay for most things on the credit card and... um to just say like, oh, like, should we maybe be a little more frugal in the next couple days or, you know, are we doing okay? And, and, that's, and that's not yeah. a tool. We, we yeah. can talk about how you can budget, simple ways to budget uh, when you have a decent income. And we right. can talk about how to budget when you don't have a lot of money. Right. And we'll give you tips because it's, it's really important to give you the peace you want so right. there aren't surprises. And so you know you're reaching your goals. And it's not uncommon what the scenario you describe because... That, you know, most people, like we said, don't have a written budget, but, but if it depends on what your goals are, if you, if you've got great goals to pay off a house, to put a lot in retirement, you know, to, to set aside a 529 for your kid's college, to have an HSA funded, you know, all those things you can, you can do, but you just have to watch where the money goes and how you spend and come up with clever ideas and tricky reasons. Not really tricky, but awesome resources. I mean, we live in Phoenix, Arizona, actually Scottsdale, but the the city is huge and the resources here are unbelievable. And we could spend all day talking about how to find resources in your own city, but we don't have the time. So let let's keep <laughs> let's keep going through what we want to get to. Right. And we'll come back. <laughs> okay. So let's let's talk about the nitty the nitty gritty of this. Um, can you describe like the different types of household budgets, because I think I love that you dissected that word. And I think we do all have these images. And as you're saying it, I'm like, yep, yep. Think that, think that. So, so really what is a budget as a verb that works? What are the different types sure. that might work for different families? Okay. The easiest one to start with, if, if you're struggling with some of the areas of spending that you want to get control of is to put those commonly overspent budget categories in cash. So basically having an envelope of cash for food, an envelope of cash for recreation, an envelope of cash for like clothing and miscellaneous. And say it's your husband and his favorite thing is Lowe's and Home Depot. Have it in cash and say, this is what you can spend the next two weeks. It's just it's just putting a limit on it. And the reason you, you've agreed to put the limit on those areas is so you reach your other goals. So it's really protecting the rest of your money. Right. And you don't need to put everything in cash. Like, how are you going to overspend on a mortgage payment or a car payment or, you know, those things are the same every month. So that's not where most people get into trouble unless they're totally and completely over their heads with a mortgage. So the cash envelope system, let's say every two weeks, you'd have a a little list that you write up of of how much you're going to get for clothes, how much you're going to get for food, how much you're going to get for recreation or whatever. And you have the the bills written out. You want, you know, five, ten dollar bills, two, five dollar bills, whatever. And it becomes a system. It, it's not an emotionally charged situation every month because you've basically boiled it down and you've got it systematized and you've made it simple for you to succeed. Right. And then there's a lot of online um, apps type thing, tap type systems like Mint and Envelopes. And there's one called Good Budget. And a, a lot of those allow you to save in advance. So like if you know the holidays are coming, you put money aside with each paycheck so that 
you can either shop all year long or when you finally do start your shopping, the money is there. There's all kinds of expenses like that that come up on a yearly basis that most people forget about because they aren't a monthly expense. So even like the start of school, are you saving ahead for school supplies and school, school clothes? Um, I'm trying to think vacation. Are you putting aside money with each, with each paycheck for vacation? How are you funding your vacation? If you spend $2,400 a year on vacations, that's $200 a month. Well, somebody says, gosh, you know, I can't afford $200 a month on vac- for vacation, you know, but, but they'll spend $2,400 on their credit card every year. So what we're trying to do is b- our budget system boils down all of those expenses into a simple strategy so that you have an account for vacation, you have an account for clothes, you have an account for your kids' expenses. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But it, it really takes the guesswork out of it, and it gives you peace and confidence that you're able to spend the money without jeopardizing your other areas of spending. Right, and we do have a written budget system that is completely um, safe from data breaches. (laughs) (laughs) It's the old fashioned (laughs) pen and paper and it can be taken anywhere on long long car rides when you're sitting on the beach, whatever. We take it to baseball practice when our kids were playing baseball. Yeah. You know, it's 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 called America's Cheapest Family Budget System. Really yes. a creative name. But <laughs> it, it's it's what we use right now every day. It helped us pay off our first home in nine years, pay cash for all of our cars, help send our kids to college. It's it's an amazing system. And we're gonna talk about resources all right. throughout the whole podcast. Right. And those are available at moneysmartfamily.com. Right. But, okay. but the, I think the key to any of these three systems is spouses, if you're married, getting on the same page and agreeing that you're going to spend the time doing this. So we encourage families to spend 48 hours a year, which is two hours every two weeks, two weeks. So it's four hours a month managing your money. And the reason for that is that if you don't, you're leaving it to chance. If you do, if you take a proactive approach to it and you set aside two hours every two weeks, you will be in such a different place in just a few months by focusing on short-term goal setting. And is it worth it? I mean, is it worth not watching a movie one night Mm -hmm. every two weeks to manage your finances and reach your financial goals? And ladies, if you think about it, you know, if you want your kids to become excellent athletes, maybe even professional athletes. You know, do they have to spend more than two hours every two weeks to get there? You bet they do. Think about what an athlete spends to to hone their craft, their skills to become great. So that's what we're saying. You know, two hours every two weeks is nothing. Well, and also when you think about it sort of from the other perspective, too, of how much money, how much time we put into making money. Mm-hmm. You know, you spend all this time, you go to school, you work, you work overtime, you, you know, try to impress your boss, whatever it is. And then you just spend your money without any you know, thought to it. It's, it's like it needs to be balanced. It's like doing a ton of exercise and then opening the pantry and eating, you know, 3000 calories in a sitting. Like, why did I spend all that time on the treadmill? Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's that definite balance right. of not, not being concerned. So you just have to equally be concerned about the income and the output. Um, I love that. Can I ask a very nuts and bolts question about sure. the envelope system? Okay, because I've I've that's been the system that I've had the most success with. Um, but the problem is, how do you how do you avoid carrying around just a ton of cash for one? That kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then two, 
What if it's like, you know what, I'm not going to buy one article of clothing this month because I know next month I want something that's maybe a little more expensive. So it wouldn't be like, let's all as a family focus on buying me some really great sunglasses. (laughs) But, you know, maybe me saying I'm not going to buy you know, that those one or two little small things and really get a nice dress or whatever it is. Like mm-hmm. the not, you know, family goal of this purchase, but enough that I know I want to save for it. That's How a great do you do question. That? No, no, that's a great question. And here's the question. So if you're if 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 you're pulling the cash out every two weeks from a paycheck, maybe you don't carry all of it with you. In other words, you have you have a certain amount that you put in your purse, but the rest you leave at home. And same for if you want a fancy dress and you know that's coming, then just take some of that money, put it in a separate envelope, mark that envelope, fancy dress, whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. and, and save it as a subcategory of cash. Does that make sense? Yeah. We yeah. did that with our kids. We, we paid them. We had a payday system called Money Smart Kids. And our daughter, Abby, we were, we were planning a trip to Orlando to speak, and she wanted to uh, buy some stuff at Disney World. And so she set aside, she used to had three envelopes. She had give, save, and spend. And then she set, made a separate envelope for the trip. And she set aside the money in that for, for the trip. And she paid for everything. And it, it works for any age. So, it, yeah, it's a great idea. And, and you're right, carrying the money around with you is, is a little bit intimidating. Yes. We started when we were first married with an envelope system. And even on $6.50 an hour, $838 a month take home, by budgeting this way, Within a few months, we had two thousand dollars in our envelopes. That's awesome. that was for every budget category, yeah. and we were like, "Why do we have all this cash in the house?" <laughs> so, so that's when we invented the system by putting it in the bank and then dividing it up on paper and tracking. I like this, and I think the goal is remember that's January, and you know this can be a bum time for people because they're now having to pay off you know holiday credit card um, statements. And I, I mean, growing up. I think we came from a family where there was a really fun element of gamesmanship to it, right? So it didn't mm-hmm. have to just stink all the time. Like we would go somewhere and my dad and I, we were so proud when we found a deal or we found mm-hmm. a really yes. great way to save money. <laughs> and I think that's kind of an ethos that you can have. Like, I mean, sometimes you're around people who are like, oh, it's so tacky to talk about money. You know, that oh. that's definitely a way people feel. But I was, I, I'm always very excited whenever like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe it. Like I just watched this mm-hmm. guy, you know, pay $20 for this, but it, I really got it for 50 cents. You know? yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question because this is going to put it into a different sphere. You know, we're talking about saving money and talking about America's cheapest family. But I want you to think about this. Is Warren Buffett cheap? Exactly. Well, I've read his autobiography. What he saves the um, yeah. I mean, he drives the same car for twenty years, yes, and he and he, he, and he picks the, right. Exactly, and that's frugal. the thing. I'm going to call he's, him thrifty. I'm going to call him smart. Yeah. He, no, I think he's know, a genius. He, I love. I love exactly. that book. And he takes he the paper clips a, out of the trash bag. Yeah. You know, waste yeah. paper baskets. When he buys a business, what does he do? Hmm. He does his research and he looks for a business that's undervalued. That he compares it to other businesses. And when he finds one that's undervalued, you know what that means? It's low price. It's on sale. He buys it. Well, what's wrong with us doing that with our own families? If we need to buy a car, if we need to buy groceries, if we need to buy... A musical instrument, if uh, we need to buy sports equipment. A college education. (laughs) Yeah. All of these things are negotiable, and research gives you the power to know when it's a good deal. If, If we need to buy bedroom furniture. You know, furniture is one of the easiest things to pay 10 cents on the dollar for. But that's another yes. show. Yeah. 
but right so but people don't know you can negotiate for example right. i've seen family members who go into jewelry stores and they just pay for the jewelry and i'm thinking <laughs> oh my gosh like it's at least 60 percent off everybody mm. knows like nothing in a jewelry store is the actual price you see you know yep. Yep. but That's i don't think right. people you know because but here's the thing though let's be honest when's the last time you walked into walmart and said like mm, your bananas are marked 69 cents a pound but i think you can give it to me for 20 cents like some stores you can <laughs> negotiate with and some <laughs> right. stores right but like that's kind of people well who are wait savers. you can bring in your receipt to walmart if you can find it cheaper they will that's right they that's will right. reimburse you time versus you've got to be, money. Time versus got to be a savvy money. a savvy <laughs> money person you know yeah. here's, here's know. another thought just to remember we live in a large metropolitan area there are more than i think three million people in this area and so if i have a need for anything i don't care if it's bedroom furniture a car um a saw who whatever i need there is going to be someone at this very moment who has the thing I want and they don't want it anymore. Right. And so if I find that person, that's a whole nother show though. I'm going to find a buy you stuff. Right. <laughs> oh, but gosh. It's, it's very true. And you know what I love about that though, too, is you say, again, we're, we're kind of joking about America's cheapest family, but like, you know, I have had to, as I've grown up, realize that like cheap is, is, it's just a funny word. Like it's not a real word. It, it does. It does. It means all different things. And buying yes, junk will never save you money. Buying junky right. stuff costs you more. You know how many times right. have I bought the cheaper option, and then by the time I have the repair guy back, and then I have to replace it, and I have yes. to get a babysitter to go meet this guy, and it, it's like yes. no, some you got you can't just buy junk. Right. Um, you have to figure well, out how to buy what, high quality things. I remember growing up, my mother once said to me, she goes, cheap implies quality, expense implies price. So, you know, that's <laughs> good, that. you know, and that is true, right? Because I mean, cheap versus expensive. I mean, they're the same, but they're very different. Yeah. Crazy. That's an interesting crazy. distinction. Okay. So depending on your financial situation, a budget may be you know, eh, yeah, I'll get to that someday. Or like, we have got to get on this or things are going to get bad quickly. But but why is it important to all those people? Why should everyone, regardless of your financial situation, care about this? That's a great question. So, and so let's talk about it. Let's say, let's say you're a high wage earner. I mean, there were years that we earned a good amount of money. I was an accounting exec at a large advertising company. And uh, we, we had a lot of excess. But by using our budget, it helped us make that money go even further. So even though our income increased, we kept living on the lower, actually I had a base salary plus commission. We ended up living on the base salary and the commission was used to build our emergency fund, was used to fund uh, retirement and was used to pay off our house. And so if we hadn't had a budget, it was very likely that we would have just increased our spending to match our income. So if you're earning excess, you can use a budget and it can be a simple budget where you say, we, we're going to commit to only spending 30 or 40% of our, our net take home on household expenses. We're going to make our overhead fit that. And then the rest of it, 60, 70, 40, whatever percent it is, we're going to use that to fund our emergency fund. We're going to have six months of, of living expenses. We're going to fund um, an unemployment account. We're going to fund uh, medical expenses, emergency travel. If we have to travel on a minute's notice, we've got the money in the bank to travel and put it in a high interest account that's liquid. We may fund HSAs, FSAs. Uh, we'll fund our various 401ks, IRAs. You know, all that stuff will happen if you have a money management system where you've restricted your overhead mm -hmm. and you've 
basically set up your goal. So you can even include, you know, college savings for the kids, other investments, uh, buying second and third homes. Those are all things that can be done if you have a management system. But on the flip side of that, we've obviously met also with people that are on the verge of having their electricity turned off or their water turned off or, you know, whatever it is that, that the utilities for your house. And so, you know, when we're talking about funding, you know, retirements and unemployments, that is so far beyond where some Mm -hmm. folks are that what we need to say is a budget will help you kind of get your ship right side up. So if you're struggling with creditors calling you, you're up to your eyeballs in debt, um, you're living paycheck to paycheck, your utilities, you don't know where food money is coming from, a budget will just totally transform your life, mm-hmm. completely. Like, like if, if you follow the budgeting stuff that we talk about in our first book, America's Cheapest Family Gets You Around on the Money, you will never ever want to go back to where you've been living you know families that are struggling just having a balance in their checking account and we, we were coaching a family a few months ago where this guy was earning 70 or eighty thousand dollars a year but every paycheck their their checking account was down to zero well now after working with us on their budgeting system they've got eight thousand dollars in their checking account regularly okay so what'd you do savings. how'd you how'd you oh, how'd you do that that's a secret that's... we can't tell you <laughs> it's we, it what what the the steps it's are a really long simple. drawn out process it, it takes time and it took a lot of time for him because he's got a lot of emotional wounds from his past that he had to overcome but basically it's it's like a doctor dealing with an emergency trauma victim who's bleeding so the first step is apply pressure and stop the bleeding so what we did is we said we're going to stop all spending for two or three weeks and we're going to gather as much cash as we can then we start paying everybody something. The and we, back, well, especially the back bills right. that were, you know, so we have to get all the bills caught up. Right. And, and then and then we start managing the money and we put it into little divisions of, the of their, of the their checking categories. account. Yep. And what we, what we told them is, you, you know, this money here is set aside for your kids' piano lessons and, and acting classes. So you can't spend that, but you can spend this. And so we gave him a little bit of money to spend on business expenses, but he had to figure out other ways to get things done. So he started liquidating his airline points. And uh, so he started using credit card points and airline points right. to pay for things that he would normally take out of the household budget. So it, it's, and, and, it's different for everybody. And he had business expenses that he hadn't submitted for reimbursement. So we're like, get those in, buddy. Those were hundreds of dollars. It was thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, so you're saying <laughs> we all have found money around the house. We have right. things we can sell on so, Craigslist and eBay. Oh, so, so, so sometimes much. we just have to slow down a little. And this is why we say take two hours every two weeks to manage your finances. And so it, it just becomes a habit. And that puts it on the calendar, the first and the 15th of the month, somewhere around there within two or three days, that's when we do our budgeting system. What time of day do you all do it? Do you have, is it like a set thing? About no. 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, no. We, when we were first married, we did. I think it was like the nearest Friday night. And mm-hmm. that's what we would do to whatever the first and the 15th was on a Friday night. You know, the kids were young, they'd be put to bed and we'd put on a movie that we knew, like we knew the whole thing by heart. Like it's a wonderful life or something <laughs> like we could, we could throw lines at you all day long. And then, and then we do our budget together. So, um, yeah. it was okay. great. It was really great. Now, you know, 
We've got a, We've got a business budget that we run the same way. So <laughs> I take care of that, so and that takes balls. care of the household it's budget. Ridiculous. But we communicate about it, and we know what our limits are. Right. And and we're on the same page. Right. Wow. Okay. Can I give you an example? Well, so if the first thing you made me think of when you're talking about using your airline points was maybe I should stop buying magazines with all my airline points. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you get Harper's Bazaar for 12 I months? Know. Oh, sign me up. Um, okay. I'll just give you an example, a real life example that I think maybe a lot of us moms with young children have, you know, it just seems like a bottomless kind of land of, right, of, okay, we my son is playing soccer now we're having a soccer party and we need a soccer you know party we need a gift for the coach and you know the preschool needs three bags of candy and blah 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 i just feel like it comes at you in ways that i almost can't budget for how do you, what would you say to moms who are kind of thinking along like you know just actually, things that hit you left and right actually you can budget for that um we have a gift budget and our gift budget is uh, covers things like uh, coach gifts and maybe not the candy for the preschool, but you know, all that candy is on sale before, before Halloween. So you just have to, but that's, you know, food ads. You look at the food ads, you see what's on sale, you so, pick it up. So here's what we'd recommend. And that, that would come out of my food account. But in our, in our budget system, we talk about planning your gift budget. And so, you know, we, we talk about the number of kids you have and we put a dollar value on them. I know that sounds really materialistic, but we're just trying to get in the ballpark of what we want to spend. There's just so much we can and, talk about. And so, ah! so we, we put like a, a $30 limit for each kid for Christmas and the $30 for each one for their birthday. No, no. And Thir- Christmas is a $30, right, honey. I'm just using this as an example. <laughs> and then and then you figure, gosh, how many how many weddings am I going to go to in a year? How many baby showers am I going to go to in a year? Put a dollar figure on that and just get close. Because if you get close, that's better than not having anything at all. So for us, it boiled down to... Uh, you know, a certain dollar amount every two weeks that we set aside in our gift budget. And it's worked well for but years. But the other thing, girls, don't re- don't forget that, you know, there'll be nights when I'm just whipping up a, a batch of banana bread or pumpkin bread or, or zucchini bread. And I've got bread pans, or you can use the disposable ones. And those make great teacher gifts and coach gifts. Sometimes be, people just get tired of knickknacks or gift whatever, cards. and and you know, and when they do a big thing like, oh, everybody needs to pitch in X amount of dollars, I pitch in a very small amount, and then I usually get give a, a what you call a vanishing gift, which is like I said, a big loaf of pumpkin bread or banana bread. People devour those things. They're like, whoa, this was the best gift. Ever. And we have that yeah, recipe so on our website. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's true. That's a great But you're idea. totally right. I When we do our budget, I put in there um, each kid's like a classroom fund because I know that's coming. Like I know mm-hmm. that, right. you know, they're going to be asking for donations of this and, you know, this and that throughout the year. So, um, so yeah, I, I just think that's part of having kids is you know that you're not just, even if they're at a free public school, you're still being asked to bring in things. Mm-hmm. So so you're right. It's just knowing these things are coming. And right. when you were talking about those yearly expenses, right, why am I always shocked in August when I have these giant back to school? <laughs> and October, October gets me every month. It's like I had no idea that we were going to have a, a month with three family birthdays and an anniversary. And all of a sudden, oh. I, you know, <laughs> Why is our babysitter bill so high? How did this happen? Well, obviously, because it happens every October. So I love kind of looking at the calendar um, annually like that, too, and knowing what's coming. And it also makes it, like you said, it gives you the freedom then 
to to go out and to enjoy that special date night with your husband because hey we didn't go out for with the babysitter all of you know august or july because we were planning for this crazy expensive month mm -hmm. we have or you know whatever it is Let, right. let's, let's talk about that for a second because if you have a limit and and you know your limit let's let's say you did go out three times last month and so you overspent your your recreation budget and this month you only have twenty dollars in there okay can you with creativity look at that twenty dollars and go okay this is a limit but it's not a deal breaker and i'm going to find a way for us to go out and have a good time a night out a date night for twenty dollars and do that with full confidence knowing that the rest of your budget is protected because you're going to reach your other goals mm, and we have families creative. do that where they go gosh you know we got we were paying off debt we've got money saved for for uh the kids we've got money saved for paying the house payment and we have ten dollars left so their their date night was they went Take out and they out got chinese. chinese and they had a candlelight dinner after the kids were in bed and they said it was the best date night they ever had because they had this peace mm -hmm. knowing that everything else was covered and if you've got older and it's kids, so romantic maybe, yeah if you've got older kids maybe you put the older kids you say okay kids you're in the family room you're having a movie night popcorn hot dogs whatever and mom and dad are going to be on the back patio and we're going to have our own thing out there. And if you interrupt us, we will spank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. This I'm is kidding, not a parenting podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can I ask a question about earlier when we were talking about, you know, I can't do this. I'm on a budget. I can't do that. I'm, a, I'm on a budget. How do you... Um, how do you deal with kind of that pressure of like, we're all going out tonight, everyone gets sitters and, and you know that it would be fun and you love all the people who are doing this or going on this trip or what have you, mm -hmm. but you also know that's going to not get your family to the goal that you were the bigger picture. Yes. Right. And how that's do you deal that's with great, that? That's a great question. I'm, so there's yeah. a couple of different ways. There's a couple of different ways you can do it. One is if it happens all the time, you may need different friends. Seriously, <laughs> you may need different friends or you just decline. I mean, these are the less favorable options. You decline and you say, we, can't, we just can't do it this time. Or you suggest alternative. Hey, rather than all of us going out to this restaurant, why don't we all, you all pick up something and figure out a meal. Let's meet at the park. Let's either meet at a really fun park, like um, Kirsten, you know, I'm thinking of McCormick Ranch Railroad Park where they have the carousel and the train. Or you or, go to Scottsdale Civic Plaza where they have all the fountains and everything. And you just have a, a, a get together outside with a bunch of friends and you, you become the leader. Right. And, and you know what's happened when we've done this is people have come up to us afterwards and said, yeah, I really didn't want to spend that much money anyway. Or that I really wasn't looking forward to that. That wasn't really going to be very much fun. But it depends if it's a family thing or an adult thing. Yeah. Um, if it's a family thing, you can invite everybody back and pick a super, super easy um, peasy menu that everybody can potluck and have a game night. You know, so you so you basically switch to fried chicken from from the grocery store and and everybody brings either dinner rolls and salads and desserts and chips and drinks. And I mean, it costs everybody nothing. And you have the most awesome night ever you two sound so fun i must <laughs> you're creative and i think yeah, that's, that's another exactly thing that it. helps because you can always throw money at a problem i really well right. it, it usually helps but you're right i mean to really get your mind working to come up with a different way to to do things kind of get your creative juices going mm -hmm. as well you, and we, probably we the kids people, have fun too you have a choice a lot of times there's just a choice between using credit or using creativity 
And I, Ooh, that's I, good. It's, it's more fun to be creative. And you guys are like the most awesome homemakers that your houses are beautiful. You know how to decorate. You've got this creative ability inside of you. Let's use it on our finances too. And just because you have financial limits doesn't mean you have to live a life of deprivation. There's always ways to have fun on the cheap. There is. I love it. I remember our best date, you just reminded me, as we took our change jar and Uh we dumped it out and we basically said we can go out on a date, but it has to like, it cannot exceed, you know, the $17.38 that we've just counted out. And it was so much fun. And, you know, we both had to throw our ideas in the hat and say, okay, I think we should do Uh this with our $17. And, you know. And you'll never forget that. No, I'll never forget. It was Mm -hmm. one of our favorite nights out. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we had a date night once, uh, an anniversary night where we had two-for-one theater coupons, we had two-for-one dinner coupons, <laughs> and we had a ball, and we spent such little money, and it was a great anniversary. Was that the yeah. Delaney sisters? Yes. Oh, gosh, that was a great play. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, and you remember it, whereas all these expensive dinners blur together, uh-huh. and you're like, I have no money, and I don't even, didn't even have that much fun. Oh, if you ever get a chance to see the Delaney indigestion. sisters, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a great book. The Delaney sisters' first hundred years. Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> well, you okay. mentioned food a few minutes ago. Can you kind of steer us in the direction of things we can do to slash a busy mom's grocery budget? Sure. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of quick things, and really, they are common sense. But when we get busy and we're frazzled and we're running around, we just forget about them. Well, we could spend uh, a whole hour we doing could, this. <laughs> I hope we get to come back for a whole show on this because our second book is cut your grocery bill in half. I mean, literally, we wrote a whole book about it. And again, that's on our website at moneysmartfamily.com, just slash groceries. Okay, so the first thing is to limit your trips to the store. The average person is going to the grocery store two to three times a week. Grocers love that. Yeah, there have been studies out there that show that 60%, I mean, swallow that number, ladies, 60% of the Number of items you put in your cart are impulse items. So if you're going in for 10, you're going to come out with 16. If you're going in for 20, you're going to come out with 32. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. Make sure you go in with a list. And we've got a free one on our website, a free grocery list that is modifiable. Um, Also, reduce eating out. If If you use a crock pot twice a week, instead of eating out at a restaurant, instead of eating out at a restaurant, you will save your family. $3,400 $3,400 this year. What? Yes. That's amazing. Think about the, the price of a restaurant meal versus the price of a meal cooked at home. And that's yeah. what we did. We just did the math and it works. And we, we the crock pot is a busy mom's best friend. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So think about- And I think okay. you're healthier in the long run too. I mean, yes. You, yes. you never, you don't say, ah, I'll just throw in a whole stick of butter on this. Like you're very much more aware <laughs> when you're cooking for yourself. If if you are um, overwhelmed with preparing food, like especially dinner, then buy prepared foods. In other words, don't think that carry out pizza or or the restaurant or fast food is your only option. The grocery the, the store grocery... prepared food section is one of the fastest growing sections. Oh my gosh! In there's the store, and they're putting out higher quality food with less fat. I mean, there's stir fry in a bag, and you you can even add extra vegetables or extra grilled chicken to that to expand on it also plan a simple menu make sure you always have the ingredients for something simple in your house 
And I'm talking about things like tacos, spaghetti and meatballs, grilled cheese. And, we're, you know, we always, always, always have fruits or vegetables with our meals. Mm-hmm. That, that's just a given. So with spaghetti and meatballs, you could do a bag salad. With grilled cheese, you could do tomato soup because some people, you have to have tomato soup with grilled cheese. But <laughs> I know this is going to sound crazy and it's not gourmet, but kids love it. You could have well, the pickles, grilled, the, the grilled cheese, applesauce. Grilled cheese, you can do three or four cheeses on it. I mean, you can make it gourmet. Oh, sure you could. And and remember, there's always, you know, like Costco has amazing rotisserie chickens. So if, if And they have other prepared meals. Yeah, we, they we do. We were in there the other day and going, oh, my gosh, was it, it $15 it, for. It was a garlic chicken, and it was like chicken and noodles and vegetables yeah, it was a with whole a garlic meal. sauce. It was delicious. Anyway, so so think in terms, this, you know. Our standby, one of our standbys for our kids was, I'm, I'm, I can't cook tonight. We're going to go get rotisserie chickens. We're going to get a couple of loaves of French bread. We're going to get a couple of bags of salad. And voila, dinner's done. You'll feed a family for less than $20 instead of going out and spending 100 I'm just listening. My father will love you, too. Like, he's going to want you to adopt him. I'm sitting here thinking about my life. Like we would go to Burger King sometimes growing up. That was a special treat. And I remember being a child and he would, you know, we'd go and we'd get like the 69 cent or whatever it was, 59 cent hamburgers when they were on sale. But we were never allowed to get a drink. And as a child, we were out and he's like, do you know what the overhead is on that? Like nobody's allowed to get soda. Nobody, nobody. (laughs) We we put a twist on that. And I'll tell you, this is funny because that's a high margin food. Yeah, we taught our kids to manage their own money. So they got paid every week and they had their own money. So if we went out to, to Burger King or, or, McDonald's, or McDonald's or whatever, we said, we aren't buying drinks. You can, we'll pay for whatever you want off the dollar menu. But if you want a drink, feel free to Actually, buy it we'd yourself. we'd give them a limit. We'd like, we'd, we'd like tell each kid, you can have three items off the dollar menu. Yeah. And then if right. they want anything else, then you pay for it out they, of your, out of your of earnings. Did. And they did. But here, here's, a, here's a secret one we did. This was really fun. And the kids remember this forever. <laughs> when they were little. Yeah, we used to call it the king and the queen night. We'd okay. go to Burger King for dinner and Dairy Queen for dessert. Oh, what a royal affair. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's That's not amazing. healthy, but the kids loved it. Oh, it's true. I love it. Oh, we're totally and we would say, okay, that. it's king and queen night. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my oh, That's wonderful. Okay, I can we have you guys back and do a show just on groceries? Because I know our topic today is budgeting, and I know we pretty much are out of time with you guys, but you... I because you do live in the same town that I live in, I was fortunate enough to get to hear you guys give a seminar one time on grocery um, hacks and grocery tips. And I will tell you, every time I walk by the milk, I always think, now Annette swears I can freeze this. So oh, with yeah. that teaser, I feel like we need to we need to talk a little bit more about grocery with you guys at another point. But just to wrap up, can we leave our listeners with um with one kind of thought when if they're the type of person who gets a sick feeling in their stomach, who just doesn't want to do it, whether it's the, just the numbers are too grim or it's too overwhelming or it's just like you said, emotional baggage, who just do not know how to take that first step. And it just seems like for me, it just seems like, oh, my gosh, so many things to think about, so many bills, so many papers. What what is the word of encouragement you could offer to our listeners who are trying to start fresh this year but just don't even know? how to wrap their heads around taking that first step. Kirsten, what I would say to to folks, and we say it all the time, is there is always hope. There has not been ever 
one situation, and we've seen some pretty grim ones to start, that has ever been without hope. So just take one step. Just take one step today in the right direction. Our books should be available at libraries, public libraries. Um, they're certainly available on Amazon. They're available from us, uh, with us, and we'll we'll give you a signature on that. We are also doing a financial hope seminar in Phoenix, Arizona, the end of January. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here. So that'll be up on our website right. soon. So it, it, let's let's just piggyback on the next thing. One thing, maybe it's this year. I'm not going to use my credit cards if I don't have the money. Uh, maybe it's I'm going to um, make a commitment that uh, we're going to set aside money for clothes, for food, and for recreation. And if, if we have limited amounts in those envelopes, then we're just going to find a way to make that fantastic. Start with a little. And I, I promise you, as you feel you find success in yes. that one area, it will multiply. You'll, you'll find other ways to save in other areas, and you'll, you'll never turn back. Yeah, turning your financial situation around is addicting. It is it is so much fun when you all work together and you start to see the victories. And then one day we could all go to Vegas and blow it on one roll of like the roulette table. <laughs> <laughs> I say bet on black. On that note, Stephen Annette, thank you so much for your time. You, you are guys. unbelievably awesome. We've really enjoyed it. Everyone, and thank you for will, listening. We will link to all of the places that you can find the Economides on our show notes, which is thehomehour.com. So go over there and you can, of course, visit them at their website. Give that address one more time. Moneysmartfamily.com. Moneysmartfamily.com. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. And if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. That really just helps our community grow. And if there's someone you know that who would benefit from listening to this episode, please go ahead and share this information with them. Thanks again. And we'll see y'all next week. Welcome home. <laughs>